Welcome to Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life, where we invest in what matters, people, and God. I'm Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com, which invites you to know and show the welcoming heart of God. We all long for a life that matters, to give ourselves away for the next generation, to invest in things that will outlive us, and as my pastor said recently, to age intentionally and strategically. No matter what age we are, we are all growing older. There's no stopping that train. We want to grow something besides old. Thank you for joining me today at Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life. Hi, today we're talking about the holidays. I love the holidays. I'm sure you do too. Well, I'm pretty sure you do too. But I like to say that it can be the hardest work season for women of all ages. My mom worked hard at making the holidays special, and I do the same. And I'm sure my three girls will someday figure out how much work that is when they grow up and have their own homes and own families and their extra relatives. I'm looking forward to being the guest someday and only having to bring the pies. And when I get too old, there's always Costco. The holidays often include extra people in the house and at the table. God is all about the holidays and hosting and hospitality, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today as we head into our biggest and usually most fun work season of the year. Not so much how to do hospitality, rather why we do hospitality. The why keeps us going long after we've run out of steam and time and money, and patience. Jill Briscoe said very wisely, hospitality is hard work, but someone's got to do it. (laughs) Thanksgiving is next week, in case you've forgotten. If you bought a 25-pound turkey, you may need to begin defrosting it starting tomorrow. I have waited too late on occasion, and Mr. Turkey had to spend all night in the kitchen sink full of water. It worked, and that is the important thing. Today I want to challenge the status quo, maybe your status quo, about what's the most important thing to God about the holidays. When I was a kid, it was all about the presents. I'm afraid I passed that down to our children. It's not about the presents. It's not even about the food. It's not about the decor. It's not family or even church. I've come to realize that the most important thing about the holidays, besides that Jesus is the centerpiece at your table, is that we get to invite someone to our table, someone we might not normally invite, just because it's Christmas or Thanksgiving. Because of the holidays, we have this opportunity, an excuse really, to invite others to our homes as a means for them to begin to know God. I recently read the Sermon on the Mount, Listen again to part of it, to what Jesus had to say in chapter 5 of Matthew, verses 13 through 16. Let me tell you why you are here. Don't you love the way he starts? He's going to tell us why we're here. You are here to be salt, seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. Oh no, I added the oh no. 
We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. That's the underlying motivation of all our hospitality. Not only at Christmas and Thanksgiving and Easter, God is the ultimate host all the time. And when we invite someone to our table on his behalf, he is delighted and glorified. And even if you have a culinary fail, like I did the other day with my very burnt barbecue chicken, even if you serve leftover coffee from breakfast and a piece of toast in the name of Jesus, you are a part of welcoming others to God. And God is proud as punch. He's so glad you made the effort. And he will take your effort like the two fish and five loaves of bread and multiply it for his kingdom. By the way, I do have a great punch recipe and I'll put it in the show notes for your holidays. Try it out next time we get a rainy night and say, I'm doing this for you, Jesus, and I know you're proud as punch. All our hospitality reflects God's welcoming heart when we do it in his name. But the great thing about the holidays is that we have a great reason to have someone over who may not normally be invited. It's almost like we can get away with it. One year we hosted a chocolate open house, a Christmas one. Everyone brought chocolate. We invited 100 people and 50 came. That was a lot of chocolate. I did have one non-chocolate table. And my friend Dee Dee brought the birthday cake for Jesus. Chocolate, his favorite, of course. The guests were mostly doctors from Mark's practice and neighbors whom I'd never had over. Our middle daughter, Bethany, was two months old and slept through it all in the living room in her cradle. People would back up against it and go, oh, there's a real baby in there. It was work. It was risk. Yes, but it was a good work. And it was a way to invite people into our homes and lives. You might try it this year. Dee Dee's Deep Dark Chocolate Cake Recipe is on my website. I'll link it in the show notes. As Jesus said, Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. You didn't know that open houses were biblical, did you? That scripture was from The Message. I want to tell you a story about Amy. I met Amy at Mission Thrift Store where I used to work. She would pop in on a regular basis, and we loved her. We got to know her story bits and pieces at a time. She and her husband had recently divorced. She had two darling girls, and sometimes they would come with her. As she would share at the cash cash register, she would inevitably start to cry, and we would walk around and give her a hug. I didn't know her well, but I loved her. It was three days before Thanksgiving when she dropped by. I heard her tell someone that it was going to be the first Thanksgiving when she would not have her two little girls with her. She didn't necessarily want to go anywhere else for fear of being too sad and a downer. So later on, I casually asked her, 
I pretended I hadn't heard that. Would you like to come for Thanksgiving at our house, Amy? She was quiet for a second or two, and I quickly added, We're kind of loud, we play games, we have lots of food, really a lot of food. She smiled, I'm a good cook. I just made caramel salted brownies. I could bring caramel salted brownies. Well, well, my kids don't like pie. I've tried, really. But brownies? Caramel salted? You're in, Amy. You don't even have to come for Thanksgiving. Just leave the brownies on the front porch. We laughed and we said goodbye. I didn't know Amy's last name or her phone number. She didn't know where we lived. All I knew was that Amy wasn't going to have her two little girls on Thanksgiving for the first time ever. And I didn't want her to be alone. Later on, she asked my friend for my cell phone number. The night before the big day, I got a text. 50-50, I'm coming. My sister-in-law said, tell her to send the 50. The next morning, Amy made brownies and bravely faced our wild clan. Everyone loved her and loved on her. My artist brother gave her a painting. My poet brother gave her a book of poetry. My children fell in love with her brownies, of course. After the singing and the sharing, she pulled me aside and quietly said, This was the best Thanksgiving in my whole life. Really? I said that she and her girls and her brownies were always welcome. Two weeks later, I invited her to church. Three days later, she came to coffee at my house. At the same table, minus the extra leaf, Amy grabbed, grabbed my hand and said, I'm ready, and prayed to become God's new child, a new guest in God's kingdom, all because of an invitation. God had planned the whole thing. All I had to do was invite. I wonder what plan he has for you and your table, even this next week. There's always room for another place at the table when you belong to Jesus. You may have to train your family. Elbow them down along the row. Hey, let's make room for one more. Jesus said, Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. I want to tell you a story about my friend Debbie and how she started a family tradition in my family that lasted for 14 years. Early one December, I asked my friend Debbie if she would pray for me so I would know what Jesus wanted for his birthday from me. She is a faithful prayer warrior, so I knew she would. A week before Christmas, I had a lot of leftover corn sausage chowder from dinner, so I invited eight girlfriends over for leftover soup and bread. At the table, I was complaining about the fact that although our daughter Bonnie's kindergarten teacher was a lovely woman and we did love her, I had noticed that she had posters of all the ways people around the world celebrate Christmas, but that none of the posters included the biblical Christmas celebration. That seemed odd to me. I was a new school mom, but I knew my rights, so I offered to teach the class the way that Christians celebrate Christmas. She was not comfortable with that, and she said no. I felt slighted and discriminated against. So, when I finished reporting this to my girlfriends around the table at lunch, Debbie piped up. I know what you're supposed to give the baby Jesus for his birthday. I said, I just did. It's this luncheon, and you're here. 
Debbie ignored me and said, you were supposed to give a birthday party for Jesus and invite everyone in Bonnie's class and I'll help. I reminded Debbie that Christmas was a week away. I always do what Debbie says, however. I had asked her to pray, but I only invited the girls from her class. I only know how to do girls. We had 11 girls come. One mother called that afternoon and asked, will you be reading from the Bible? I didn't know her. I said, we will be reading a Christmas storybook that is based in the Bible. Would you like to come? She said yes, and she came for the next several years. We have been friends ever since. I planned a craft. I don't do crafts, but Debbie helped. All the girls were asked to bring a baby gift to donate to the Crises Pregnancy Center. All the moms got behind that idea. We sang Christmas carols. We had a story. Two friends came that day to read the story because I came down with laryngitis and I couldn't say a word. I had a cake and at the end we all sang happy birthday to Jesus. A tradition was born out of what had started as a negative situation. No mention of Jesus in the classroom. We hosted these parties, sometimes two back-to-back, Bonnie's friends the first hour, Bethany's friends the second hour. We did this for 14 years. One year, when we didn't have walls in the early part of the remodel, a friend gave me permission to not give the annual party. But my girls insisted, so I just put on the invitation. Wear sweatshirts. It was cold. The last one we had, we invited some little girls we knew, and Mary Grace and her friends were the craft makers and the readers. Fourteen years of celebrating Jesus' birth with crafts and glitter and presents for newborns and stories for kids who didn't go to church, but they would come to a party, all because I asked Debbie to pray, all because of an invitation, all because of leftover soup. I want to challenge you. On December 1st, begin praying, Lord Jesus, what is it you want for Christmas from me this year? And if you need to bring in the big guns, Ask a friend like Debbie to pray for you. If you are hesitant about doing hospitality, inviting kids is a good way to get started. They do not mind the fact that your couch is shabby and that your chairs don't match or that you don't have walls. They leave a very big mess. Parties are messy and Jesus is proud as punch. He said, keep open house, even with glitter and clutter and paste and food in the carpet. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.